0: Welcome to the Panine Halacha podcast. Zmanim, chapter 11, Chanukah, section 3, Evil Decrees and Rebellion. In the year 3591 in the Jewish calendar, or 169 BCE, around 160 years after the Greeks conquered the land of Israel, Antiochus IV Epiphanes began oppressing the Jews. Under his rule, the Greeks plundered the holy vessels of the temple, breached the walls of Jerusalem, murdered thousands of Jews, and enslaved many others. In 3593, or 167 BCE, Antiochus decreed that the Jews must forsake the Torah and its mitzvahs and worship idols. He made it a capital crime to perform mitzvahs. He abolished the sacrificial service in the temple, and he turned the temple into a place of idolatry. Torah scrolls were were torn and burned. Antiochus' soldiers went from town to town, forcing the Jews to eat pork and to erect an altar for idol worship they prohibited the practice of brismila, and Jewish women who insisted on circumcising their sons were executed. As a result of these decrees, many pious Jews fled to the wilderness, to caves, or to other countries, and many were murdered in sanctification of God's name. The intense pressure that the Greeks exerted against the Jews kindled a spark in the Jewish people's souls, and when the Greeks arrived in the village of Modi'in with the intention of forcing Matisyahu ben Yochanan, who was the Kohen Gadol, to worship idols, Matisyahu instead rose up and killed the Greek officer and his Hellenized Jewish collaborators. The novelty of his action was that instead of dying in sanctification of God's name, like the other pious Jews had, he instead decided to kill the oppressor. By doing so, he and his sons raised the banner of rebellion against the Greeks and Hellenization. The ensuing war was difficult. Yehuda the Maccabee, the boldest of Matisyahu's sons, led the fighters. With courage and skill, the Chashmonaim, the Hasmoneans, overcame the Greek forces. And after two years of fighting, they succeeded in conquering Jerusalem. On the 25th of Kislev, in the year 3596, which is 165 BCE, they began purifying the temple and restoring the sacrificial service to its original state. This is when the miracle of the oil took place. Later on, the Greeks returned to the land of Israel in greater numbers, conquered Jerusalem, and put Hellenized Kohanim in charge of the temple. However, in order to avoid increasing tensions with the Jews, the Greeks abolished the initial evil decrees, and they allowed the Jews to now observe the Torah and the mitzvahs. But this did not stop the rebellion. The Chashmonim continued to fight against the Greeks and against Hellenism. The war effort had ups and downs, but the Chashmonaim combined strength, diplomacy, and cunning to eventually gain political independence decades later. Granted, the Jews still lived under the aegis of the mighty empires of the ancient world, first the Greeks and then the Romans, but rule over the land of Israel was by the Jewish people and for the Jewish people. It seems quite evident that had the Greeks been more patient Judea would have succumbed to Hellenism, just like the other nations all did. But the hand of God, which conceals itself in the historical process, generated the conflict. Just as God hardened Pharaoh's heart during the Exodus, so too God hardened Antiochus' heart, and in the process helped reveal the faith, self-sacrifice, and courage of the Jewish people. To summarize, 160 years after Greek rule over Israel first began, the ruler Antiochus imposed heavy religious persecution upon the Jewish people. This persecution, in turn, led to a Jewish revolt, which was sparked by Matis the Kohen Gadol, and was led by his sons, most famously Judah the Maccabee. The revolt had its ups and downs. Early on, the Maccabees reconquered Jerusalem and purified the temple, which is when the famous miracle of the oil occurred. Later, however, Jerusalem was taken back by the Greeks, and there were many lost battles along the way. After decades, the Maccabees eventually achieved a stable victory. Three notes from me. First, I want to appreciate how the Peninei Halacha's commitment to a historical framing contributes such vital and easy to miss to his telling of the story. Five pieces of information stand out to me. One, we find out that there was 160 years of peaceful Greek rule before the Maccabean Revolt. Wow! Two, we find out that the Maccabean victory was not a straightforward win, but a lengthy, complicated back and forth, with heavy losses along the way. Three, we find out that the Hanukkah victory that we know best was actually just one early step forward, but was soon followed by two steps back, as the Greeks soon returned and actually reconquered Jerusalem and the Temple. Four, the initial cause of the revolt, religiously oppressive edicts, was actually rescinded by the Greeks, but the revolt had become larger than that and it continued until an eventual Jewish victory. Five, that although the Maccabees eventually achieved a stable victory, their small, independent state was still culturally and politically dominated by the great power that was Greek civilization. Personally, I was lucky enough to grow up with a vibrant yeshiva and Jewish education. I must have heard the Hanukkah story told, I don't know, over a thousand times in my life. Almost never were any of these above five points contained in that telling. Second, I wanna highlight the editorializing that the Pnene Halacha adds at the end of this section and contemplate how it interacts with our own historical moment. The Pnene Halacha claims that were it not for Antiochus' overstepping religious persecutions, the Greek project of Hellenization would have succeeded And the Penine halacha thanks God for allowing such religious persecution because it inspired a Jewish religious resistance. There is something somewhat reassuring to me in the Penine halacha's framing here, in how it relates to today's ongoing cultural tension between Jewish, Jewish religious life and Western modern secular society, both in the diaspora and all the more so in the state of Israel. On the one hand, the Panini Halacha here takes a sort of soft line. The Chanukah precedent is to only resort to violence if there is active, violent, religious persecution against Judaism and Jewish practice. Cultural pressure to assimilate, that is cultural pressure to abandon one's Jewish practice, which doesn't come with any violent coercion behind it, was not the cause of the Hanukkah revolt, and implicitly should not be cause for acts of violence or rebellion today, for example, against the secular state of Israel. But on the other hand, the Pnini Halacha does thank God for providing the opportunity for such a revolt. The end goal, the desire, is for Jewish religion to win out over a secular culture. And, if need be, to use force towards that end. Blessed is the God who provided a legitimate moral opportunity for past Jews to rise up and fight a war against a dangerous Western culture. The Panine Halacha podcast provides English audio of Panine Halacha, an exceptional work of Halacha by Rav Eliezer Malamid Shlita.